Hi guys, welcome to Who Runs the Rec World. I'm your host, Brogan Lees Collier, and this is a podcast where we delve into the lives of females within the recruitment industry in order to understand what it takes and the journeys you have to go on to become a successful female within the industry. Today, I'm joined um, by Poonam, who I know through Forsyth Barnes, but um, Poonam, I'd love it if you could introduce yourself and give us a, um, a quick introduction on, on yourself. Thank you, and thanks for having me today, Brogan. Um, yeah, so I am Punamawani. I am director at Azuki Accounts. Um, Azuki is, in effect, um, support services in the finance sector for recruitment agencies. So we, in effect, do everything finance for recruitment agencies. Um, Forsyth Barnes, obviously, being one of our clients, um, as well as a number of others. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, thanks for thanks for being on the podcast today. And I guess I want to jump straight into it and understand, um, first of all, how you got into working within the recruitment industry, um, whether you jumped straight into recruitment or where were you before that? Uh, yeah, so I guess my background is I'm a qualified accountant and I qualified within audit and assurance in an accountancy firm. Um, I kind of moved, once I qualified, I moved into corporate finance within practice and I was doing a lot of um, funding applications for the EFG funding loans um, and doing a few mergers and acquisitions and absolutely loved it. And I thought, what was I doing? Okay. Wasting my life with <laughs> insurance. Um, okay. I was watching Dragon's Den one day. And I thought, yeah. oh, wouldn't it be great working for one of these guys? And so okay. I guess the short story is I sent my CV in a covering letter off to all of the dragons. And I started working at Hamilton Bradshaw. So James Kahn was obviously one of the dragons at the time. And I started working at um, HB Rider, which was a joint venture business with Hamilton Bradshaw, looking after the SME recruiters um, under his umbrella. So when I first joined, I looked after four agencies. Uh, by the time I left, there were 14. And wow. I pretty much did everything for them. Um, so everything from bookkeeping all the way up to kind of acting FD on the boards. Um, so I didn't really choose recruitment. I kind of fell into it, um, <laughs> yeah. which, I, which I hear is quite common. Absolutely. Um, it does surprise me. I think I think everyone will say uh, most people fall into recruitment. but and um, I guess one thing I try and do is uh, advertise it more as a career option because uh, I, I think it's still I think it's still a relatively new industry. Um, you know, it's not as um, well known as as a lot of other industries out there. So, yeah, a lot of people definitely fall into it. But what a great what a great industry to fall into, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, I couldn't imagine not being in this industry. Um, I mean, I'm not traditional accountant anyway so I love the people side of the business and from what I hear loads of graduates are actually talking about going straight into recruitment rather than thinking that it's a stopgap or accidentally falling into it as perhaps they did 10 years ago so it's definitely a different market now. Absolutely and what was that like then so I mean uh, from I guess writing covering letters and sending your CV off to, to all of the dragons. Did you envisage, um, I, I know you obviously sent it off with the intent to work for one of them. Did you envisage them, you know, coming straight back to you and, and the opportunity actually uh, materializing? No, I thought it was just a long shot. And, you know, I never ever thought that I'd actually get a phone call the next day and saying, you know, do you want to come for an interview? As it was at Hamilton Bradshaw, 
would you like to have 10 interviews and lots of presentations? Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it was just, you know, you have to try, you have to, you know, yeah. do your best and you, you can't think that everything you do is going to fail because you don't know that. So absolutely, got very hat in the ring. Brilliant. And when you when you kind of um, entered into Hamilton Bradshaw, what was the kind of gender balance like and how did you find it being uh, a female at the time entering into the business? I would say it's probably one of the hardest roles I've done. Um, okay. And there's a complete culture shock from practice. Um, practice you know, is very much more a nurturing um, environment, you know, particularly when you're studying as well, you know, they want you to succeed, they want you to do well. And then, you know, I would say there was definitely a very good gender mix um, coming from practice. And then going into Hamilton Bradshaw, where all of the other women were in support functions, okay. or kind of the company. So they were EAs, PAs, they were the secretaries, they were, you know, um, the ops ladies. Um, and it was hard because you're going up against some very big male characters, yeah. which I wasn't used to at all. Mm. Um, kind of working in an environment where you have to not necessarily shout to be heard, but definitely yeah. have to fight harder for your place. Yeah. And how did you how did you go about doing that then? So it sounds like you had to very much adapt to the environment as opposed to the environment adapting to you kind of coming into the business. Uh, you know, anyone that I appreciate perhaps now uh, we do a, a much better job, I think, in regards to the gender balance. But I still don't think it's something that um, we you know, we, we do 100 percent. How would you advise people on on how to adapt and what did you have to do, I guess, entering into the business? Um, we have definitely have to be thick skinned, um, you know, I'm no wallflower if anyone knows me, um, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not a typical girl, um, or anything like that, I don't think there is a, such a thing as a typical girl, um, and we're all individuals and we all have unique personalities about us, but it's about making that known, um, yeah. I definitely am not shy about telling people who I am and what I'm about. Um, and I guess for me, the most important thing was actually leading with being good at my job and, you know, actually showing that it doesn't matter what your gender is. Um, and yeah. actually, I'm good at my job. I'm just as good as anybody else. It doesn't matter Absolutely. what your gender is. So, um, lead with that. So I guess confidence um, played a, a huge part in that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and what happened after that then? So what happened after Hamilton Bradshaw? Um, I'd kind of done the same thing for a while and I wanted a new challenge. Um, I started working at Spencer Ogden. Um, okay. At the time they were on 18 million turnover and helped them open up several international offices um, on a period of phenomenal growth. Um, and left them uh, on about 50 million turnover wow. with a team of uh, 16 underneath me. Fantastic. And that sounds, you know, helping them to, to achieve that, I'm pretty sure it would have taken a lot of um, hard work, dedication, but a lot of hours put into it as well. Was, was that the case? And I guess I like to always ask, because um, I suppose sometimes you have to prioritise what's more important and sometimes you have to slightly compromise on um, personal time and things along those lines. Was that taking up a, 
you know, a, an awful lot of your time back then. Oh, absolutely. I, I probably worked 70 hour weeks. Um, yeah. There was a lot to do there. Um, but I'm a bit of a workaholic anyway. Yeah. I always have been. Um, yeah. so that's just, you know, if I wasn't doing it there, I would do it somewhere else. Um, and I, I think for me, I loved what I did. I, I absolutely, and I still do. And I'm incredibly passionate about doing something and, and caring about what you do. And I think if you have that, you will succeed by far. Yeah. And um, it, I didn't mind. And, I, and I, you know, after a while, you need a break and you need to switch yeah. off. Absolutely. But I, I loved it. And I love seeing that actually you can achieve something really, really great yeah. from working hard. Fantastic. And so I guess this was, was this more towards the early part of your um, kind of real success kicking off? And what was happening in your sort of personal life at the time? Did you feel you had to make any sort of, as you said, you're a workaholic anyway, but did you feel like you had to make any sacrifices in order to be able to put all that, um, you know, time and effort into uh, getting to where you, you were at the point? Um, I was 29 years old when I was promoted to FD at Spencer Alton. Um, which at the time, when you think about it, was incredibly young. Um, yeah. I was married. I was married at 27. Um, I didn't have children then, but I'm very fortunate that I have an incredibly supportive family around me. Um, my my mum's close to me. My adult, my husband, also now work for the Zuki and actually did yeah. work at Spencer Ogden as well. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> Yeah, was that so, where you met or? No, well, we did meet at work, but it was when we were qualifying. So we've, we've obviously been been together for 16 years um, wow. before we qualified. Um, I went to Hampton Bradshaw. He kind of uh, did more corporate roles. Um, we kind of came back together again at Spencer Ogden for different yeah. roles and then kind of left to do other things and have now come back together at Azuki. Um, we both acknowledge each of our kind of different strengths and development yeah. areas um, and actually we work well together he's, he's a lot more technical than I am but I'm a lot more client facing I enjoy and, and we, we enjoy the different roles that we, we do Sounds, um, yeah I couldn't do it without him um, and I couldn't have done you know any of my prior roles without his support and that's important like we both support each other in careers because we know that that's important for each other yeah that's lovely I think um sometimes you hear it goes uh <laughs> one way or the other when you work together so it's great to to hear that you kind of yeah you you balance each other out and have the skills in in different areas to be able to support each other which sounds uh sounds brill um okay so what happened next then um from I guess from what was your reason for for leaving um Spencer Ogden and where did you go from there it was a mutual thing um we I mean, I was, I was pregnant, I was six and a half months pregnant at the time, and it wasn't fair on them and it wasn't fair on me either to kind of sustain the life that I was doing, um, wanting to have a family. Um, they were going through, at the time, they, they were predicting phenomenal growth still. Yeah. Um, so I left in 2013, uh, autumn of 2013, sorry, summer of 2013. Um, and went to, I, I, at the time, I just wanted a bit of flexibility. I'd never had yeah. that in my career before, going from practice and to other big roles. I wanted to be able to, to work as incredibly hard as I still did, but on my own terms. Um, yeah. So I, I became a contractor and kind of did project work. 
Fantastic. And, yeah, and so I, I did a, a project where, so I left six and a half months pregnant. <laughs> I took yeah. on a project that had a, an outsourced finance function and an okay. agency was doing it in-house. So the go-live day was a week before my due date, and I thought, oh, wow. you know, first kid always comes late, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, my first child came three weeks early. Wow. So, I was in the office with a one-week-old baby doing oh go <laughs> When you look back wow. on it, you're like, what was what was I thinking? Um, but I was determined to see that project through. Yeah. I committed to something and I was going to finish it. Um, but once, once the baby had come and I was a bit more settled, I kind of embarked on lots of other projects and did something similar. I, I did a lot more M&A work in that time for kind of private investors who were looking at either doing JVs, joint ventures, or um, kind of investing in other agencies. I did a lot of due diligence um, for them. Um, and then I had a second child. Uh, <laughs> I fell pregnant really quickly. Um, so I had two kids in the space of a year. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whilst, whilst, um, whilst working on projects working as well. time, yeah. Wow, yeah. amazing. And yeah. out of interest, with the freelance work that you did, were you ever situated in-house or were you, or was it a work from home where you were able to, I guess, work a bit more flexibly for yourself or? A bit of both. Um, so some of, the, some of the projects that I was doing wanted me in the office. So I would yeah. go in a certain number of days a week. Um, some were project I need you to do is this due diligence. It involves a couple yeah. of days on site and then doing a lot of review work at home, etc. So, and that's what I loved about it, the flexibility that I could choose yeah. what, what projects around what I needed to do at home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my brain still works fine and, you know, just <laughs> quite, you know physically aren't somewhere yeah. else in an office. I'm still working, still at my desk. Um, and I guess that was the start of flexible working for me yeah never, absolutely never had that before yeah <laughs> I can imagine it was uh, quite a change and did you what did you do with the time I guess um what was it purely spent looking after um the two kids obviously <laughs> within the space of a year or did you kind of utilize the time for anything else or um, no, it pretty much was work or family. Um, yeah. I, I didn't have much of a life outside of that. Um, and, and nor did I want to. I was actually yeah. very happy and content that I'd done it in that order. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. Um, and out of interest, did you find it daunting at all um, to take away um, the, I guess, the security of um, a permanent job at Spencer Ogden and, and going into the freelance side of things? Or um, did you find the work quite easy to, the projects quite easy to come by or? Um, absolutely scared the living yeah. daylights out of me. Um, you know, it's definitely a nice security blanket to have being in a kind of yeah. permanent employment. Um, but, uh, you know, and I literally left with nothing lined up and I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I you talk to people, you, you know, you speak to people, you say, I'm available, this is what I can do. Um, is there anything I can help you with? And by networking and speaking with people and using your contacts, you can kind of find work. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, me taking a bit of a break 
wasn't the end of the world for what I needed yeah. to do in my life. So yeah. I knew that I would end up in some sort of permanent role still um, yeah. again. But at that point in time, I was okay working a bit more flexibly. Yeah, brilliant. And do you think, was that, um, if you don't mind me asking, financially, were you in a good place financially to be able to to do that? And would you have perhaps made the same choice if um, if you weren't financially in the position to do so? Or was that a part of the fact, you know, was that a reason why you thought, OK, this is a good idea to do or? Um, I left Spencer Ogden with some savings that yeah. I'd built up. And that was purely because I knew I was six and a half months pregnant. I needed something yeah. kind of back to side to kind of help. Um, there was always an intention for me to go back to work and yeah. permanently full time as well. Like, you know, I had no intention of really kind of working part time for a yeah. foreseeable future. Um, so I knew that the savings wouldn't obviously last forever yeah. and that I would have to do something. Um, actually finding the role straight away um, from leaving and having that project right up until the baby came yeah. obviously helped a lot because yeah. it meant I didn't really dip into those savings as much Absolutely. as I needed to. Um, but actually, I think by the time the money kind of had run out, um, I I was actually ready myself to kind of go back to, to work, which is okay. Makes sense. Okay. Um, so, yeah, what happened after that then? So how long did you sort of freelance for and, and where did you go from there? So I freelanced until my second child was uh, six months old. Okay. And then I had, I, I already knew Louise Rayner anyway. She's um, ex-director of JSA and um, she's now at Numberville. Um, and she spoke to me and said, there's something going on. She was um, CEO at Milestone Operations. Okay. She said, there's something, you know, I'm not sure what's going on. Can you come and help and kind of get to the bottom of um, what's happening? Um, it happened to be a permanent job, um, full time. Yeah. So I started there, oh gosh, when was that? 2015, early 2015, yeah. and uncovered lots of things that needed sorting out as you do when you first go into a role, um, which we did, we sorted out. It was an incredibly challenging role. I inherited um, a team, some of them were quite challenging um, and there was a lot to kind of do in a short period of time. Um, and actually then we, we took the business through a sale um, in autumn of that year. Okay. And we started with the staff line PLC. So, I was kind of on a, a earn out kind of payout basis where I was kind of at home um, answering queries if they needed if they needed me and contemplating what do I go and do next and after a few bottles of wine I was like oh I don't know if I can go <laughs> big recruitment and I don't know whether this is for me I don't yeah. know if I'm that passionate about that field anymore and what I realized that I loved about my career today was working with owner managers people yeah. that were really passionate and driven and similar to myself and that actually yeah. you know, cared about what they did and it wasn't just for like for example private equity or external shareholders or anything like that um yeah. so somebody suggested oh why don't you go and set up an outsourced function in a big practice firm and I kind of spoke to a couple of firms and who were interested and then someone said well why don't you just do this for yourself why do you need to yeah. do it you know, 
for for somebody else um so then i talked to some other people do i want investment um etc and actually what i realized was i need to do something for myself and yeah i think getting investment would have been a mistake because i think i would always have a resentment towards those shareholders because I think yeah. while they could have helped me massively in the first year, I think thereafter, I don't know how much value they would have given me. So yeah. I took a big loan out. I took a big personal loan out, massive risk. I had two babies at home. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, set up a Zuki um, January 2016. Wow. And did you, prior to that then, I know you said you were um, kind of looking at where to go next and somebody suggested to you, why, why don't you do it for yourself? Had you ever thought about working for yourself prior to that? Was it something that you had, had hoped for in the future or? Um, I've always thought about working for myself, but it was, I think I've always shied away from accountancy yeah. because there's such a stigma attached and stereotypical kind of views of accountants. And I'm like, oh, I'm just not like that. I don't want to be seen like that. <laughs> and I had a real mental issue with being likened to an accountant. Give um, me an so example. So give me an example, of, I guess what, because um, it's, it's probably slightly alien to me, it might be slightly alien to the listeners, but what would you perceive a kind of typical one to be like and how would you describe yourself, I guess? Um, not commercial, uh, somebody who can be sometimes dull, um, <laughs> someone who's a suit wearing, grey suit wearing type person. Um, and I just, I didn't want to be seen like that. And yeah. anyone who, who knows me will know I'm, I'm certainly a bold character. <laughs> the best way to describe me. Okay. Uh, sometimes a bit like Marmite and that's okay I'm, I'm very accepting of that um, but I, I wanted to be different and I yeah. wanted people to see that actually we are business partners rather than yeah. an accountancy firm and even when I set up Azuki it was kind of grudgingly kind of doing doing it but not but never calling us an accountancy firm I was yeah. really offended beginning of that. Like, no we're business partners don't call us <laughs> Um, I'm coming round to the realisation that I have now created an accountancy firm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's uh, great. And do you think that's why you, I guess you've been in the recruitment industry for a long time, but do you think it is those sort of personality traits and, and how you are as, a, as an individual that lends you well to the recruitment sector? I think so. I think recruitment is all about people. Um, yeah. It's not just your relationships with clients, it's with candidates, it's with suppliers, it's with loads of external stakeholders in your business. Yeah. And it's the bit I love the most about my job and that's yeah. speaking to people, understanding, getting under the bonnet of what's going on really, um, yeah. using the numbers to kind of guide us and make good decisions. Um, but ultimately, kind of driving a business forward is the bit I love. Brilliant. Okay. And so I guess that takes us up to sort of present day. So talk to me about um, Azuki Accounts and what you what you do now and how, how big is the business, etc. Uh, yeah, so we've got uh, 12 staff in total. And yeah. Adol pretty much, my husband, runs the kind of day-to-day -day side of it. Um, 
as I mentioned, he's a lot more technical. He's a lot more kind of involved in the detail. And, he, and he's good at that and he enjoys yeah. that. Um, I have a portfolio of clients where I'm their finance director. Um, yeah. I also do a lot of due diligences for acquisitions at the moment. And we're working for um, a couple of main investors that are looking or have acquired many businesses in the UK. Okay. So we can help them with that. Um, but ultimately, my role is the, the people person of the business. You, you'll probably see me about, hear me a lot more than you will my team. Fantastic. And how's the business grown then? So how long, uh, how long has um, Azuki Accounts been been running so far? Uh, five years. So wow. literally five years this month or last um, month. Um, yeah, it's been a phenomenal growth. Uh, I was looking back at my first business plan I ever did and oh how naive I was um, <laughs> you know you, as you always are when you first you know start up and you think oh it's going to be you know this is what I'm going to do in year one and and yeah. while we've had some phenomenal growth and we've hit the numbers I expected to hit but in completely yeah. different way and um, yeah. I've learned an awful lot um, you know, things I'd never got involved with before. I'd never got involved with HR or marketing or, yeah. you know, I learned what SEO was for the first time when I first set up. I never had to know what that was before. Yeah. Um, so it's a massive learning curve, but I think that's the bit of it that I've enjoyed, kind of get involved in, in lots of different things. And as a business owner, you don't always make the right decisions. You do what you think is best, but sometimes they don't work out. And that's okay as long as you kind of learn from them and yeah. um, you know use them to guide you with other decisions in the future I think it's fine. Absolutely and um, do you have a office premise is, is it a kind of remote working for everyone talk me through the actual setup? No yeah we have an office in Harrow on the Hill which is just on the outskirts of I guess Greater London yeah. Um, where the team are. Uh, obviously, since uh, beginning of last year, we've all been yeah. working remotely. And we actually haven't been back in our office at all uh, since yeah. last March. Um, we've got, a, you know, a, a, an amazing team. And I couldn't do anything that I do today without them. And I'm yeah. incredibly grateful for everything that they've done. Um, they've just been troopers through it all. They've just, yeah. you know, cracked on. Um, we we didn't furlough anybody. Um, we decided that as directors, Nina would kind of take the brunt of any hits that we have um, yeah. that we did in, in kind of the COVID time um, to make sure that the team were all okay. And you know, touching lots of wood, that's that's actually been fine for us so far. Um, mm -hmm. And got a very stable team. Fantastic. And what's I guess what's um, with setting up your own business, were you, I know when you said you had your first child, it was the first time that you were going into sort of having the flexible working. Um, setting up the business for yourself, I appreciate when you're a business owner, um, you know, you want to put all your efforts in into your business, but was the hope um, to continue with the, the flexible working with having your own business or when you, you know, started the business, is it something that you do full time now again or? Uh, yeah, so I I actually had a third child um, last January. So when lockdown hit, I had a two and a half month old baby, wow. which made things again fun. <laughs> um, yeah, 
why we're trying to what's furlough <laughs> so we kind of learn that just as yeah you know Rishi Sunak's announcing it on the news we're like googling right. what's furlough um but trying to navigate all of that and help our clients kind of through it all um, while having uh, three young children at home yeah I can imagine absolutely and uh, you know that it is doesn't you don't say those things lightly it was tough um yeah. But, but saying that, the thing I wanted the most was I never wanted to feel guilty about attending school plays or yeah. attending, you know, whatever. The, and my kids' school, I don't know about anyone else's school, but they have an awful lot of stuff, or they did before COVID, where parents yeah. were invited to attend and kind of support yeah. and help with. And I loved that. And I never wanted to feel guilty that I was attending, you know, my kids easter play or something yeah. like that yeah. i wanted to always be there for them and that's not because i'm skiving off work or not working incredibly hard i make up that time and do whatever needs yeah. to be done but i wanted to not feel bad about it and that's something i've encouraged with all of my team as well i know there are lots of people that talk about you know flexible working and yeah. are we yeah. our, our kind of our team to do that it's not something we really talk about because it's just we it's just obvious for me like you know yeah. my kids have to go to a school play uh, sorry my um employees kind of their, their my colleagues have school plays that they want to attend to they just do it they just say i'll be out yeah. for a few hours and i'll see you later i'm like oh, all right um <laughs> it's not really a big deal and i don't think it needs to be a big deal i trust my team explicitly they get the stuff done that they need to do and that's the most important thing to me Fantastic. It sounds like you've got a really good, um, I guess, kind of a flexible balance there. Do you think you have had to compromise on anything? Um, I appreciate you might have had to at, at some point. Um, I guess, have you ever had to compromise on something and do you now? Um, definitely, I've, I've, I've had to prioritise. And one thing I will say as a mother is you will never eradicate guilt ever yeah you feel guilty that you're not with your kids enough or you're when you're with them you feel guilty that you're not at work doing stuff or supporting someone else who's also going through work and yeah. you will always feel that guilt um you have to find a balance that works for you um, and understand what are the things that are that are the non-negotiable um yeah for me i want to see my kids to bed yeah that's, that's the thing i do every day um don't get me wrong there are occasions where i stay away like for work and i have to and, and yeah i can't that always can't be the case but yeah. you know nine times out of ten i will make it back for for bath time um and you've just got to work out what works for you and what works for me might be completely different to somebody else um and i i just don't feel guilty about it anymore i, I do yeah. what i need to do for my family, family always comes first. Um, but career is important as well. And it's I, I've got three boys, so yeah, you can imagine we have lots of fun at home. <laughs> um, three boys, but I've always taught them that mummy works, and I'm proud to work. And actually, that's what makes me happy. And yeah. I want to raise them, being proud of their mother, who is independent, who is able to kind of buy things that she wants to buy or yeah. she's able to do the things she wants to do and actually that fulfills her 
just as much as being a mother and a wife and all of absolutely so many labels nowadays for women and it's a bit sad really because I just want to be punum I don't want to have a label (laughs) attached to me I'm just me and I'm making it work for me so do you do you and I'll do me (laughs) brilliant no it sounds um I mean it sounds like you've got a really good um you know balance between two things that you thoroughly enjoy obviously family and and work by the sounds of it um and I guess that's one thing I wanted to pick up on you said earlier that you have always thoroughly enjoyed you know and and loved what you do has there ever been a point where um I know you touched on I think we all need a bit of a break sometimes but has there ever been a point where you lost the love for what you do and you've had to kind of you know relive that fire I guess or um have a time out yeah, I think, you know, what everyone in their life will have periods of, of down moments. Um, yeah. And that could be for a number of reasons. It doesn't just have to be burnout at work. It could be other factors. Um, it's about acknowledging how you feel, not being feeling bad about how you feel, acknowledging yeah. it, having the support network around you who will say, look, I think you're a bit overworked or a bit tired or, yeah. you know, I think you need to step away from this now, um, which sometimes is the case. Um, and having a moment and, you know, and if that's taking switching off the laptop, not turning it on for the weekend or, you know, booking a last minute holiday or for me, it's probably just spending more time with my kids and, you know, playing <laughs> games with them and, you know, the likes and everyone has an outlet acknowledge how you feel and you will feel like that and that yeah I think that's really healthy and really normal absolutely and in regards to Covid obviously a massive massive um, topic at the moment and I appreciate you've got the the two kind of um, young boys who um, I'm assuming were at school etc and a very little one as well Um, how have you found you know balancing all that with the homeschooling and you know ha- have clients needed you a bit more during the I guess the kind of peak of the pandemic where your service has kind of needed in uh, a bit more high demand I guess and how have you balanced it all? Um, lockdown one was definitely the hardest yeah. uh, it kind of came as a bit of a surprise to everybody even though it really shouldn't have but in terms of the yeah. impact came as a big surprise to everybody. We were navigating new things that we'd never really come across before. What's C-bills, what's furlough, et cetera. And I think, you know, we we bent over backwards definitely for clients in that time to offer them that support. Um, Three very young kids at home, got three under seven at home, which is is tough, two of which were at school. Um, And so I think that was probably the hardest time I didn't have a maternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> what that was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sounds but, like you've uh, never really had a maternity leave. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chance would be, yeah. But like, maybe that's that's me rather than yeah. circumstance. Well, it definitely is me. Um, but yeah, so lockdown one was hard and that and that was because it wasn't just desk work we had to do a lot of it was explaining and understanding and talking people through what was happening and us understanding as well so there was a lot of phone calls while dealing with kids I don't think the schools were as um they were completely caught by surprise as well so they weren't as 
prepared as they are now um and it was definitely a bit of mayhem like if you could have you know a webcam into my house it was carnage yeah (laughs) we survived is probably the best way i can describe it um we were definitely a lot more with it in lockdown too yeah and obviously school staying open kind of helped anyway um, yeah. and then this lockdown um all right actually you know would i'm i'm in a much better place than i was last year um schools have kind of been have been incredibly supportive my eldest is autistic um so while he would technically qualify as going into school we decided to keep him at home um but school have been great in terms of giving us the resources that we need yeah. to help him um with his academic work um so we've got we did homeschooling in the morning with the two boys and me and adult tag team um and then uh, bad parent alert but we we let them have screen time in the afternoon <laughs> i don't right. think you're alone there i don't think you're alone <laughs> probably way too much screen time but i'll live <laughs> Um, and we kind of do our client calls and things like that in the afternoons and then yeah. desk work just tends to happen evenings and weekends and yeah. while that's not great for the old work-life balance we're in a lockdown you know this is yeah you know unprecedented times adapt, haven't you? Yeah. yeah absolutely we'll get Brilliant. through it with a smile on our face yeah <laughs> fantastic and what so what do you see for the future then so i mean you sound like you absolutely love work and um, are happy to balance family and work, etc. Do you see yourself slowing down later on? Do you think you'll continue to to run the business as you are? I mean, what what does the future hold for you? Um, I don't think I'll ever slow down. Oh, well, yeah. I may I may sometimes think that. Um, I I don't think I ever would. Yeah. I think I would probably just do other things. Um, yeah. and with the the beauty of lockdown is it's been incredibly it's been a time where we can really reflect on what's happened yeah. in the business in our own lives etc and this is the time to pivot and adapt and change yeah. and you know the word of my I, I don't do new year's resolutions or anything like that because i don't know if i could ever stick to them <laughs> but the word i want to continue throughout this year is change um, okay. I want to challenge everything that we've done before. I want to make us better. I want to, you know, make us slicker, more automated um, than we've ever been before, which enables us to then add greater value to our clients. Yeah. For us, it's all end goal with, with clients and kind of the experience that they're getting and the accuracy in the figures as well. Um, so we're kind of working on that. And then we have a couple of other new, exciting ideas that we have that we want to pursue this year as well fantastic sounds like um you've got a, a big year ahead of you then uh fantastic so i guess to to finish off the podcast um i'd love to ask obviously um you've been very successful um as a, a female within the recruitment industry what kind of top tips um or anything that you've learned from in the past and um, that you could kind of give advice to up and coming and um, whether they're recruiters or females within the recruitment industry somewhere what would you give to someone to kind of take away to help them with success be yourself absolutely don't ever compromise or feel that you shouldn't be yourself um 
master your craft. So make sure whatever field you're in, whether that's recruiting, whether that's finance, support services, whatever it may be, master your craft and be an expert at that field. Lead with that. Um, everyone will respect you. Um, people will like you because you're being authentic in yourself. Um, yeah. and you will earn people's trust um, from being that expert. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, I really appreciate it. It's been lovely speaking with you and hopefully the listeners um, have loved hearing about your journey as much as I have. Um, so to all the listeners, please like and subscribe um, and please share the episode with anybody that you feel would um, enjoy your listen or feel would benefit from um, hearing Poonam speak today. Thanks, Poonam. Thank you very much. And guys, I'll see you all on the next episode of Who Runs the Rec World. Thanks for listening. Bye.